The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by mandatory minimum 18-hour workdays and guaranteed unpaid overtime. Where sexual assault is so common, you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, eating disorders... Bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top and excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. Well, there we go. Always a great way to start <laughs> off the show. Uh, it gets more gruesome every time you say it. Really? And now that we're, uh, and now that I have a better visual eye on what you're doing when you say it, it's that much more intense. <laughs> G'day guys, welcome to the Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, uh, or the fuzziest bear in the cage. I'm not sure, Bear Fjorda. Right now you're the limpiest bear yeah, in the cage. Yeah, these days I'm neither because I sprained my ankle. <laughs> we didn't mention it last uh, last time on the show. So you, you did, you're the limpiest bear in the cage. Yeah, that's an adequate statement I think for right now. Yep. It, once it heals, I'll be better. The plus side is, if anyone ever wanted to beat you up and be like, hey, I took our bear Fjorda, now is the time. No. Like really, you could lose your belts, you could lose your rank, you can use your position to anyone. No. Like, we just need to take, bring in a four-year-old, and they will be considered incredible. No, no one has a chance. I will beat you with my crutches. <laughs> You're just not doing I'm it. Aware. I've lost one weapon, but I've gained two. <laughs> I, I don't think it's legal to beat people with crutches. Uh, it's not legal to attack people with casts on. It, come on. No, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're just making shit up. <laughs> I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use bad language on this show, uh, we call it the Sean Patrick Flannerty rule because he said the F word 73 times uh, in like, like 30 minutes. Uh, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. All the time, every day. If, we, only, we, <laughs> if only we got the only. If only we got it every time that we uh, we can give out the money every time we just curse on a regular day basis. That would be that would be fantastic. Thousands of dollars for every <laughs> company each for all. I, the I gotta each say, day. it was um, the first time I had we we had Sean Patrick Flannerty on. Yeah. And just the how flawlessly he managed to swear. It didn't sound contrived, but we did have to do something for charity. I believe we were live at Comic Con. Yeah, we were. So the sound it's, engineer that's doing this show, I think he was there. And uh, we all got in trouble. What was it, Comic Con 2017? <laughs> yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Was, there was a lot of swearing. Yeah, no, that was a good. That was a great. That was 18 actually, but it was a great time. That was a truly Except great time. Except for getting chewed out. By the no, no. For the swearing, no. that was that was <laughs> And then Deadpool, a bunch of Deadpools tried to run right. away with Tim Curry. That was see, that's scary when they may they may think it's a joke at the time or whatever, but you you have to understand you are kidnapping someone yeah they try to take run away and there's concern someone brought a real weapon inside the facility and they shut why, why people are ruining comic-con 
Like, we have enough drama. Just let us have Comic-Con. Why are you bringing guns to Comic-Con? You're right. We have enough drama in this world. There's enough political turmoil. No one gets along. Can't we all just agree that geek culture should be spared this drama? Like, at least geek culture should be should be sacred. I think just... I just ha- fucked up my tape. I think the rule should be just don't be too canon, right? Like, if your character you're impersonating, which is what you're doing... Uh, it carries around a loaded firearm for, I don't know, show basis. Can don't we, bring okay. a loaded firearm with you for if your If lightsabers were real, you'd bring a real lightsaber. Even if they were illegal, you would have a real lightsaber. I would have <laughs> it. I wouldn't bring it to Comic-Con because it's going to get confiscated. Oh, so, so that's the only reason you wouldn't do it. Yeah, the clone, the, the clone police force. Star Wars has their own police force made up of clones. They would come and confiscate it, and I don't want that. I am very concerned with how much you think Star Wars is real. Everyone should go online to wikipedia.com and read up as what much as you Wikip- can. What is Wikipedia? Wikipedia, as much, read up as much as you can. Wikipedia gives you all the Star Wars insight you need. You make, you make my brain hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you a Star Wars-related aneurysm. Uh, you do, well, uh, quite often. Uh, moving to on the, from to, Star to, Wars. Hang on, to the guy on my Twitter. Yeah. Uh, how did you hurt your elbow? Uh, I, no, it was, his, it was his ankle and another guy's... Right, I kicked someone's elbow and sprained my ankle. Didn't know that was a thing, but uh, yeah, you can do it. You can kick someone hard enough to sprain your ankle. Fantastic. Uh, shout out from Rebecca Black. She's been on the show. <laughs> She's a friend of the show. She's listening to the show. Oh, seriously, that's awesome. Yeah, I like her. You know, it's, you know, it's funny. You have your Twitter going. I have a live stream going for myself, yeah. and someone just commented that uh, Jar Jar is a Sith Lord. <gasps> he was supposed to be. Jar Jar was actually supposed to be the Sith Lord, but everyone hated him so much, and he was so racist, and he really was a very racist character. Yeah, he was. I um, still... They, they, as, they decided not to make him the Sith Lord. I still like him as a character, but I do see now as an adult. I was a kid when I fell in love with Jar Jar Binks, and now as an adult, I really see the racial implications of his character, especially because they put out that video, right, about... Uh, uh, they just had black guys... They had black guys rehearsing the, his lines. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Uh, it, it was terrible. Well, you have to love, remember, with the original Star Wars series, yeah. um, George Lucas wasn't the only one in control. He had a whole bunch of people that put this together with him, including his ex-wife, who had 50% control. By the time he got to the prequels, he had full control. And, and mistakes were made because by that time, he wasn't George Lucas trying to make a movie. He was George Lucas. And, and once you get to the point that you're no longer just, hey, George, you're George Lucas. <laughs> well, <laughs> People don't say no to you. They don't go, hey, dude, maybe we should not have plantation speak coming out of an alien. <laughs> like, really, that, that should not be a conversation that had to be had. Maybe Ray should name herself Ray Skywalker. Yeah, like there, there are things that shouldn't happen. There's just things that don't need to exist. Yeah. Um, well, as much as I love talking about Star Wars, there's some. Uh, uh, some yeah, speaking other, of racial problems, there yeah, is a some whole other bunch more. issues going on. And since we're on the topic of racial problems, uh, you've heard about the guy, I can't remember his name, Chavro or Chaval, the, the Floyd. Uh, George the guy that murdered Floyd George case. Floyd. Right. Um, so it was recently a congresswoman, or at least a lady in politics, uh, I'd come out, and I don't want to draw too much attention to this because I don't want to give her... Don't give her name, don't give her Yeah, I don't want to give her any kind of validity. But she came out and said that uh, the protesters should be more confrontational should they not get a guilty verdict just ahead of the, uh, of the jury giving their verdict itself. They were deliberating at the time that this went out. So the problem here is twofold. She's created a situation where this is going to be a mistrial and it should be a mistrial because of her saying that. 
What's so bad about it, though, I absolutely believe he is guilty. Yeah. Um, I have friends in the police force. They've all told me he's freaking guilty. You're no. not supposed to do what he did. And, you know, they, they may usually cover things up, but that's not an allowed tactic. No, Because it kills people. There, there was so much they did try and cover up with it, though. They try and promote so many things about what was going on with George Floyd at the time. It's, and, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. It doesn't matter if he's a drug like, They're like, well, he's a drug addict. That's great that he didn't die of a drug overdose. He died because he was murdered. He was, he was choked to death um, by someone's knee. That's, that's what happens. Like you, you fight in the cage. You know the damage that can do. It's my, not. It's my not allowed in the cage. That's not a move you can do. My friends in the LAPD. Uh, one of them specifically was in the army and served many years in Iraq. And he said, "We use that in life and death situations. We do not use that when we are arresting someone because it will kill them." Right. And this guy's with the crash unit. He's with the gang unit. He deals with some really bad dudes. And but well, he would not do that. No, and I think the point that I think the point that everyone gets here is that this man is completely guilty, um, but he's gonna get a mistrial, or at the very least, the judge said that he will get he's uh, has grounds for an appeal because well, it's of the because way of this, this, woman. this lady, yeah, and he should get it. Uh, and the reason I say that, just hear me out here, I do not think the guy is innocent. I do not in, in any way. I don't think he's innocent. I of think he's not. guilty. But the next hundred years, precedent for this behavior is going to be set on this case. So if this case is on shaky ground, if this case is even slightly um, ubiquitous, if, the, if this case is slightly off, every precedent set on this has now been set on shaky ground. You do not build a foundation on sand. The man is guilty. The man was found guilty give him the mistrial, retry him, and find him guilty without any nonsense. Because then when we build on this to protect people, yeah. and when laws are made based on this, these laws are not on shaky ground. Yeah. It's not easily overturned. No, and when you do, when you have the situation like this rise, like you're talking about, when you come to the future of cases, at that point, it's more of a debate where this behavior yeah. should not be accepted at all. Now it's going to be a conversation uh, if, this, if this stays a problem or if they mistrial and they don't go up again or if he's still gone away and they couldn't get that appeal for whatever reason and and that's and that's the point this is forever shaky ground if we go forward so people that want the immediate conviction i get it uh i want to see long-term change real long-term change right and a lot of the police officers i know have said the same thing that if and a lot of the lawyers i know uh have said the same thing that if this conviction stands with doubt because of this woman opening her mouth. Yeah. Um, a woman I used to like um, very much. It, it, it then becomes shaky ground legally long term. The man is guilty. Don't fear that you're going to lose the conviction. Make the conviction right so that it can be handled properly in the future. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm sure she had good intentions behind this. But the way that, that was handled has done far more harm than good. I, I agree. All right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with Jordan Matter. I'm excited to have him. He's one of my favorite people, and I know you guys love him because we've had him on more than once, and you always have questions for him. I'm Summer Helly. We're on with my guest co-host, Bear Fiora, or my co-host, Bear Fiora, and we'll be right back with our very special guest, Jordan Matter, right after this. Stream
Live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co host. Bear Fiorda and our very, very special guest, Jordan Matter. We've had him on before. He's been a photographer for 20 years. He's got a YouTube channel that has 1 billion views and 6.6 million subscribers. That's gone up. Every time I talk to you, that goes up. That's really awesome. Welcome to the show, by the That's way. That's a good time. <laughs> now, I, every time I see this, it's, it goes up every conversation. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. Things are going well. Now, you've had three New York Times best-selling photography books. Um, I'm, I'm just absolutely amazed. You've been growing quickly. Tell us about your YouTube channel. Well, I, I started three years ago as a way to get uh, some additional interest in my photography book that I had coming out. I expected I would get, if I was lucky, 10,000 subscribers over the course of a year. Uh, but so I think it was the right place at the right time, but I created a, a formula that hadn't really been done on YouTube, well, I, which was um, a collaborate. 6.6, I think it was 6.6 million. I think you overshot just a little bit, just, just a little bit, <laughs> yeah, a little. overshot a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been good. It's kind of like a late night show, you know, like, uh, you know, you guys bring on guests. 
so people tune mm-hmm. in because they like you and they want to hear what the guests have to say. That's similar to what we do with our, our channel. It's just a lot of challenges and photo dares and all that. Keep it interesting. I've watched a few. I like, I've watched your stuff, obviously, because you're awesome. But uh, I, I love the ones where you'll jump in somewhere and do like this really quick photo shoot and then bolt. Yeah, we could do something called a 10-minute photo challenge to see how many shots I can get in 10 minutes. And often we do that without permission because um, I don't think I had enough to get permission. <laughs> I just kind of go, oh, this looks like fun. Let's do it. And then before they know it, we're already out. That's amazing. Have you ever gotten caught doing it? Often. Uh, there's, there's <laughs> often. One of them in my – like we did one in, in, in a supermarket in Miami. that ended up – within 10 minutes, they actually were able to get the police there. So the video ends with the police arriving. <laughs> that was, wow. Luckily, yeah, I, had a friend. Take, I had a friend. I had people, a friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm just surprised people have that much of a problem with it. I mean, is there a, a huge issue with you just taking photos and videos inside of an establishment somewhere? Uh, no, but they don't, they don't know what to do because, um, you know, there's a protocol and we violated the protocol. And so, uh, they just kind of reactively say no rather than yes. That's usually people's instinct. Yeah, it's, it's, if you don't have a shooting permit, if you don't have the insurance, just from a business perspective, people freak out. I know, like, I've been on yes. sets where people completely freak out. It doesn't matter if it's a photo shoot or whatever. And then you have some businesses, and I've worked with quite a few of them as well, that are pretty cool about it, where they're just like, ah, I didn't see anything, bye. Yeah, you see, I hit people so that stuff doesn't occur to me. I just think if I want to take a photo, I'm going to take a photo wherever I'm at or do a video yeah, or a live that's, stream. That's not how any of that works. And he's not taking photos with iPhones. That's true. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very right. different yeah, setup no, no. than you and your iPhone. Only, yeah, only a lot <laughs> yeah. more professional yeah, than what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, how did you get into photography? I mean, I, well, I, I started picking up the I, – I, I just, you know, um, I was looking for something. I was a waiter and I was an actor. Uh, those things always go hand in hand. And my wife had gotten accepted to vet school. So she was going to be a doctor in four years. And I was still going to be a waiter most likely. And, and I, I, I picked up a camera. I took a photo of one of the hostesses where I worked and uh, I suddenly found a real passion for it. And I, I just, like I decided, look, man, I'm just going to keep going with this. So I started creating a business, shooting a lot of actors. And that turned into a pretty quickly flourishing um, actor headshot business. But I think what, what's kind of interesting about the whole story, is, I talk to people about this a lot, is that I first decided to pick up a camera when I was at the top of a mountain I had biked up to, and I was trying to take a photo of the horizon, and I didn't know how to do it. So I decided to take a photography course to learn how to take that photo. And in that moment, I thought, it would be awesome to be a professional photographer. Man, what a cool career. And then I thought, yeah, but there's so many out there. Why would I ever have success? I mean, there's, the odds are so against me. And it's in that moment I decided to go for it anyway even though I knew the odds were long. And I think we all in life have these moments where we want to do something and then we decide yes or no. And that's kind of a pivotal moment. I have to say there are more photographers than actors. Like you were already in a business that was highly competitive where most people, you know, are not going to make it. You turned around and went, you know what? This is not a big enough challenge for me. I'm going to be a photographer (laughs) and I'm going to get big doing it. You know, and, and the, I, I don't know anyone that does that. That's really awesome. And so, not only was it a mentality of how you're going to do it, but that's the way you put yourself together with mm-hmm. your social media and how quickly you're able to make your business boom. You've got something that we would call in my industry a fight IQ or view a photographer's IQ, where you were able to read the situation much better than your competition to yeah. take full advantage of the opportunity you had in front of you. 
that's, that's yeah. really true. Well, I think one of, yeah, I, one of the advantages I think I have is that I'm, I, I came from the acting world, and I'm an outgoing person, and I like to kind of wear my enthusiasm on my sleeve. So it made for an opportunity to be in front of the camera as well as behind it. Most photographers tend to like to stay behind the camera and let their photos speak for them. But I think in this day and age, it's as much about the process as it is about the final result. I agree. 100%. I agree. And I think that I, I really think you hit on something special there. Now, why? One more thing. Why dance photography? I get, I get photography, but you went one step further and specialized in such a niche field, and still blew up. Who does that? (laughs) (laughs) Because the odds weren't long enough with portraits. Right. (laughs) Let's let's do something nobody cares about. (laughs) Right. So nobody was asking for more dance photography. (laughs) <laughs> it's like I, you were just the guy that's like every time the goalpost gets close you're like you know what this isn't good enough I need it further it's amazing that's actually kind of true and, and not only <laughs> that but I decided let me walk away from my very lucrative portrait career and do photography books because that's that's uh, such a chance of, of, of revenue generating <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like I'm, I'm not going to do the same one so I'm going to take photos of dancers put them in a book and then fortunately, they all sold well, which gave me opportunities to do so many other things like this conversation right now, like the YouTube channel. But, you know, so the dance photography, it's just I always go towards what excites me. If I'm challenged and excited by something, if it makes me get up in the morning, it's a cliche, but, you know, it's true. Like, you know, you get up for what purpose? Well, I get up because I want to be challenged. I want to be excited. So I found this way to do dance photography that was unlike anything I had seen before. And that's always the question I ask myself. Have I seen this before? And would I imagine people would like it? And the answer was no. I'd never seen people, like, uh, scenarios recreated through dance. I'd always see dance either in a studio or in a pretty field somewhere. But what I decided to do was let's take everyday experiences and then just recreate them but make the dancer flying through the middle of the air as they're hailing a cab and make it relatable rather than something that's, like, dance was always seen as, as artistic and too the common everyday person wouldn't relate to it. So I wanted to make it relatable to everybody. I thought there could be an opportunity to really generate a lot of interest. And it turned out there was, I mean, it took a while to build, to be honest. There were many days where I thought, why am I doing this? I'd I'd go out to New York City. I'd shoot all night. I'd miss my kids going to bed. I'd miss my first steps with my son, all that, because I was trying to build uh, this body of work. I had no idea if anybody would be interested, but once I built it and put it out there, eventually people started responding. Yeah, no, no kidding. All, all that considered, I can't. It's not very difficult to believe that the response you got is all due to this kind of work, and the fact that you're happy when you're doing it. People can read off that excitement. Yeah. It builds it up so much more. People love seeing other people enjoy the art and the craft that they're putting together and they're performing. Well, how how would a person, if they wanted to get into photography or they wanted to get into what you're doing, how would they have a successful career doing it? Because, frankly, you are the exception. Most people don't go, gee, I'm going to get 10,000 followers on uh, YouTube and go, screw it. I'm just going to bypass that by millions. <laughs> no, you, well, I think there's, you know, obviously social media is such an important part of any photographer's career, or most careers, to be honest now. Um, and so I would say a heavy focus on that building an identity by creating something that's unique to you. Photograph what interests you, what's personal to you. Uh, don't try to do what everyone else is doing and do it regularly and then engage with your audience in a way that makes them feel special. Uh, so many people who I've met, because now I'm, I'm in LA, I'm working with, with big influencers every week and they, they almost always tell the same story. 
they started small and they engaged their audience and they got a really loyal fan base. So as they grew, these people felt like they were growing with them. And I think that's an important thing to do is to kind of share yourself, a bit of yourself in your work and not just make it sterile by posting a photo, but, but show them the behind the scenes process and engage, engage them. I would say, and then just work your butt off, man. I mean, like if you find that you're more interested in playing a video game or go or, or watching TV or something, and then don't do it. Like you have to be, desperately passionate and obsessed, I think, with anything in order to be successful, but specifically a career in the arts. There's so many people doing it now with Instagram, and it's there's endless reams of people out there trying to be a photographer, so you really have to be willing to put in more time than anyone else. I, I also want to say, if uh, I've, I've had a lot of people reach out over the years, and I really encourage them, especially when you're on the show, I'll have people contact me and say, you know, I'm an aspiring photographer, is can I take photos of you or can I do this? And they're like, well, I, I, I've got an iPhone right now, but you need to put some time and effort yeah. into it. Having an iPhone is not, um, is, is not going to turn you into, into Jordan. People are buying into that T-Mobile ad or that. Yeah. Or that people are buying Verizon into like, that like I got to get the new iPhone 12 and become an immediate. You know, but social yeah. Media people influencer. are buying into that. And I'm like, and I'm talking to people actually right now online as well, where I'm like, no, no, he's, he's not using an iPhone. I don't care how good the iPhone is, you need special equipment. There, I, ironically, you can shoot a YouTube video with an iPhone and be more successful than taking a photo with an iPhone. Uh, so I would, I would say, yes, if you want to be a professional photographer, you only get one chance to make an impression on someone. So if you reach out to summer and you say, look, I'll be ready one day, well, then wait, wait until you're ready and then reach out. And part of that is, is having a having a presence on social media, even if you don't have a lot of followers, get rid of all the junk and only, only show the good stuff. Because I, I would be happy to work with somebody if they had five photos on Instagram, but all those photos were sick. And I just, I wanted part of that. But if there's 50 photos and two of them are good, I'm not going to spend the time to piece through it. So get rid of all your junk, learn what you're doing, post a few awesome photos and then start reaching out to people. Now for you, you, do you have merch out yet? I, 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 yes, and I have books. That's part of merch, and then also I have yes. clothing and stuff. It's, 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 yeah, it's in every video. We have we have merch. Yes. Where can everyone find your stuff? Because I want to tell them where to find you, and I want to tell them where to find your stuff. Because we tend to once we start okay. chatting, skip that part, and I don't want to skip that. Okay, so if you go to YouTube and you just click on any of my videos in the YouTube channel Jordan Matter, then you will see the the merch link within that video in the description, and also just pinned underneath. So you can check out merch there. You can subscribe for the videos and give away something to, to a subscriber every week. And then also on Instagram too. I do a lot of back and forth with, with followers on Instagram. Now, what was the... For, so exa- for, you for the- example, I, oh, by the way, I, I don't mean to cut you up, but I just want to follow up with one thing. When I talk about engaging your followers, I, I mean it specifically. For example, somebody wrote a comment yesterday on one of my stories that said, you should do a video where your daughter gets to, to meet somebody and do a photo shoot with them. So I immediately loved that idea, booked a flight to Nashville. I hope she's not listening. And we are going to go do a photo shoot with my daughter and an Olympic gold medalist because my daughter's a gymnast and this woman, Sean Johnson's a gymnast. And we're going to do that whole video because of that comment. And then we're going to post that comment within the video. So when I tell people like engage your fans, I mean that for real, like take their advice and then shout them out and they'll realize, and then everybody will feel more a part of your journey because they'll feel like they're really being listened to. I gotta say, if you ever change jobs again, um, you could literally take mine. 
so don't. You're much better at it. So I, 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 you know, people pay me to tell them how to how to get famous and what to do, and I'm like, you are hitting every nail on the head, and don't come for my job, please. Uh, amazing. <laughs> no, I don't, no, no, thank you. You do it much better. Oh, thank you. Um, but you, you really do. You hit it spot on, and I find it so interesting that. I, I think Jared, I think uh, Bear put it really well when he talks about fight IQ. You you really have an eye for this. You really have an understanding that most people do not intuitively have in such a hard business. And I find that so unique. Well, also there's there's also just a lot of stuff out there. Like it, how, how do you spend your day? So part of you know you're gonna it, you're gonna get a certain amount of, of of information from somewhere. I just choose that information to be. Um, more about my industry and learning the, the techniques that other successful people have used and then imply, uh, employing those techniques for myself. I go on Clubhouse sometimes and listen to what people have to say. There's yeah, always stuff you can learn. And just because you become successful to whatever degree that is, that doesn't mean you stop learning and not only from more successful people. Somebody who has 100 followers might come up with a great idea and I'm going to steal that idea. I'm going to use it too. So there's mm -hmm. enough information out there for everybody to know what they're doing. It's just a question of whether or not you're on your video games or if you're actually trying to learn and better yourself. And if you do that, anybody can be successful. You literally just have to put the time and you have to reach out to people. Most of the people that I shoot in my videos have ghosted me three or four times before I finally got them. You just have to be, you have to have perseverance and just, and just don't take anything personally and understand that the product you're, you're giving them is awesome. Once they get to shoot with you, they'll, they'll learn it. And I think that's for young photographers, just believe in your skill and just don't be annoying, but be persistent and, and be confident. I have to agree with that. I've made films simply because people wouldn't leave me alone to shut people up. I probably shouldn't say that, but I have. <laughs> um, I, I have. It was a good idea. I wasn't sure I want to put the time in. And they're like, well, I need funding. I need distribution. I'm like, I can't be bothered. No, I'm good. I'll put you in contact with someone else. No, I want you. No, And yeah. And I've definitely been worn down and done it. Simply because they right, were persistent and yeah, nice that's a, and very that's nice. A, yeah, yeah. That's a particular skill, like how to be able to keep coming back. What I found works really well is I'll, I'll, I'll lead with an idea rather than just say, hey, famous person, can we collab? They'll think, well, why? Hey, famous person, I've got this awesome idea. If they ghost, what I take that is they don't like that idea, not that they don't like me. So then mm -hmm. three months later, I'll say, hey, I got another idea. Forget you ghosted. I don't even mention that. And then eventually I land on the idea. They'll say, okay, I'm down. And then we do it, right? So it's, it's just about finding a way to, to, to put your best self forward and to really, really excite other people, either that's people that are watching you or people you're working with or people you want to work with. Excite them about your process. And the more enthusiastic you are, the more that's going to kind of just f filter out to everybody you work with. I like that. Yeah, I think that's that, really good advice. I think that kind of mentality also works in uh, a multitude of different fields. Not just if you like, say, if I want to take that from entertainment perspective, and I just work at a job where I want to get a promotion. Coming back with reasons as to why, coming back with ideas for the company, being polite. You can apply this mentality everywhere. Yeah, I think, I, I've never worked outside the entertainment industry. Well, so neither. I'm not, sure, <laughs> I'm not sure how anything applies there in in real human world. Yeah, but that does make common sense. Right, and and I think that's well, part of another. Let reason. me tell you. Please, go ahead. Yeah, I'll tell you a story real quick about some, a friend of mine. We went to high school together. He ended up dropping out of college, became a drummer. Then he was digging ditches. Like, he was 
lost, done. He eventually got a job as a PA, a production assistant. For those of you who don't know, that's the lowest on the rung of any uh, production, and you're basically getting coffee and cleaning the floors. Uh, but yeah. every day he got there 30 minutes early. He was the last one to leave. He worked his butt off. He came up with concepts and ideas whenever anybody wanted to hear it. And one day the CEO of Paramount walked in, and he knew it was the CEO of Paramount, and he walked up to the guy and said, I've got a great idea. You need to start selling your lighting equipment on a website, and I can help you develop that. This guy was a nothing. He was a PA. The dude said, okay, nobody said that to me. Let's do it. Now he runs the lighting department at Paramount with absolutely no college experience, nothing, because he was hardworking, industrious, he saw an opportunity, and he was ambitious enough to take advantage of that opportunity in a confident yet very polite manner. And, and that that's brilliant. the kind of thing you can do from any position. You can, you can move forward. You just have to believe in yourself, and you have to take advantage when the opportunity arises and work your butt off. When I was hiring for an assistant years ago, I was I got a lot of grief from um, my the, my bosses at Paramount. I was already a girl; they certainly didn't want me hiring another girl. That may be sexist, but it's how they felt. Uh, and Alexis walked in about ten years ago, and she said, "You're going to hire me?" I said, "No, I'm not. You have no experience. No, you know." And uh, she looked at me and she said, "You're going to hire me. Let me tell you why." And just absolutely argued with me until I hired her. She still argues with me. That part never wow. goes away. So maybe take that as a warning. But um, I love that. I love that. But she did. She'd walked in and she's like, no, I'm not leaving. She was not leaving without the job. And she looked at me and she said, I'm going to work harder for you than anyone else ever has. Oh, so, man, okay. that's so good. Okay. Everybody should hear that. That's a great, that's a great light. That's great. And she, she got the job. I called my boss over at Paramount and he was like, are you freaking stupid? It's bad enough you're a girl. Why'd you hire a girl? Uh, and Alexis was terrified of him. She wouldn't even answer the phone when he called because all he did was scream. But um, once he started seeing the work that was coming out of her, he loved her. Awesome. Absolutely loved her. I love that. I love that so much. Yes. So she, she got in that way doing that. Ironically, I got hired the same way. I was sent over. I was 17. I got a job with the president of Paramount at the time. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman and Ron Jeremy introduced me to him and I had no idea what I was doing and I told him, you know, I will bust my butt for you. Just give me a chance and I will make it worth it. So That's hard in itself too because you have, I'm sure they're hearing that line all the time. They're so not. Oh, that really? was the first time Paul ever heard that and he said it was the first time, direct quote, anyone had the chutzpah to stand there and say, <laughs> no, you're hiring no, me. No, you're going to bring me on. And he said it was this 90, he's like this 95 pound blonde girl standing there saying, you're going to hire me. He's like, I'm not hiring some girl that made a living in her underwear. I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and maybe, he did. maybe he's maybe not hearing that one every, every, <laughs> every day. <laughs> I love it. It's it's very true. I, I think tenacity makes a difference, and I, that's when people look at your photography and what you do and your your channel. That tenacity is there. I think that's what people are drawn to. You are willing to fight, and where all of us kind of fought to get the you know we, we Alexis and I both kind of fought to get the job we have. Jared fights for money. You fight in every video, in all of these challenges, and everything you're doing. There's so much push and so much drive. It's incredible to watch. Thank you. Thank you. I really love doing it. I feel very lucky to have an opportunity. Now, for you, you are really kind of at the top of, um, of, what, you, of what you do. When you look at 
uh, when you look at YouTube, when you look at your photography, when you look at your books, I mean, you're, you're now master of that universe. And so anyone coming in is coming in in your shadow. What advice would you give them when there's someone that looms like you do over that part of the industry? Well, I'm not, that, I, you know, I'm I'm not trying to, to make I, you sound like a looming monster. Sorry, but you know what I mean? No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm actually, you know, I've been looking for somebody to a, a younger photographer who's got a lot of energy and, and, and um, enthusiasm to, to come in and uh, feature them in my videos and shout them out and help them start a channel. I think that the, the, the trick is, uh, you know, be yourself. Like I said, uh, find your niche, the, the thing you do that is, is what nobody else can do. And I think for, for me, it has to do with uh, a certain kind of uh, uh, manic energy um, and, and uh, perfectionism combined into an urgency that all mixes into this kind of high-energy jolt of photography taking. And I think that that's a fun thing to watch that and then also to feature different people every week. And I think that, you know, you find your thing. Uh, look at Peter McKinnon. He's another huge YouTuber photographer, but he's all tech-related. Everything is about him. He doesn't really feature other people, and he's had a great successful career doing that. So there's a lot of different ways to do it but be true to you. But if you don't like being on camera, don't even bother trying. But if you, if you love it and you, you, you enjoy entertaining, you want to give something back, then there's endless ways to do it, but just be consistent with it. Uh, don't start and get this, um, discouraged. It's a really hard, here's a couple of crazy stats. Uh, 75 years of content is created every day on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. and there are over 2 billion active YouTube, uh, channels people that are trying to be YouTubers, billions. Uh, somehow, uh, I've been fortunate enough to filter into the top 1,500 of those in terms of subscribers. And uh, somebody that's starting now is going to be in the two billionth. Right? So you got to climb up there, but, and you don't do that by having one breakout video. It's not like TikTok where you just hit suddenly. It, it, YouTube is all about building an audience slowly. And being yeah. consistent, I post every week, here's what I post, you know what you're, and learn from your mistakes. Every month, you should be able to look back on the previous month's videos and go, oh man, I made a lot of mistakes, and improve on them. So don't be satisfied, oh, I'm charming. It's like, work hard, always make it better, and just make every video better than one before. I'm just spewing cliches here, but they all happen to be true in this regard. Just, and just, you know, post 50 to 100 videos a year and wait five years. The biggest YouTuber on the planet right now, Mr. Beast, his first seven years, he, he got 1,000 subscribers total. Now he has 50 million, right? So that's seven years. Just putting that out there for people who get discouraged because in two months they haven't gotten a viral video yet. I think people don't realize as well. By the way, calling referring to yourself as like this manic energy and the way you described yourself, I couldn't have come up with a way to describe you and you described you perfectly, which is very much knowing yourself. <laughs> that, that was perfect. Um, but I think you described YouTube perfectly. I think people have this idea because people seem like an overnight success. There used to be this rumor in Hollywood, I think it still persists, that you can become an overnight star. That doesn't happen. Overnight yeah. stars have worked 10 years at it. YouTube is the yeah. same. I think people don't always realize yeah. it's a part of Hollywood. Making it's, it's a new part, the same as once upon a time television was new. It was just movies. Uh, and there seems to be this ranked hierarchy like film stars are bigger than TV stars, are bigger than YouTube stars. And that's starting to change because online media is really taking over. But it is a part of the entertainment industry, and there is no such thing as an overnight success. 
not anything that sticks anyway. You can have a flash in the frying pan moment, but it's not permanent. I completely agree with that too. I do as well. Yes, and you're right because there have been creators who have had a flash in the frying pan moment and then didn't know what to do to follow it up because they didn't have any they didn't have any experience. So they yes. didn't know what to do now that they went viral and then their channel suddenly died. It's way better to build slowly and know who you are by the time you get that opportunity. And if you work hard enough, you will get the opportunity. And just have that and you've got to have your branding in place. Make sure you got your social media yeah. across the board. On every new platform, every time a new platform pops up, get your name. Even if you don't use that platform, you don't want to end up with the real Donald Trump. Um, oh, no. So he's, he's always my best example of people that do things wrong. Um, God forbid there's a channel that pops up called The Real Jordan Matters, though. Oh, God. No, well, it's going to be someone that's fake. Knock on wood. Yeah, Jordan Matters. It's, it's going to be someone that's I fake. Did that I made that exact mistake on TikTok. My TikTok is the real Jordan Matter because somebody had taken it. I was too oh, late. Don't. So a fan, account, a fan account took it and didn't give it to me. Yeah. That's that's a dick move. I will say one thing you can do um, is... Well, would, right, wait, if he's such a fan he made an account after you, I would have just been believe so Believe it or not, excited. Owen Wilson couldn't get his back from his fans. Oh, it happens. It's really common. Especially the bigger you are, the day a new platform hits... Get your name, like, uh, you know, grab it on Zin, grab it on Lit, grab it on all of these second-rate, uh, I shouldn't call them second-rate apps, but these second-tier apps, because what, one of them is going to blow at some point, own your name. <laughs> so that's this the is only true. advice I can give. I, 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 will, I will do that. Do that. Get it. Um, I like that. I love that it's a fan that swiped it. That happens so frequently. The Rock just had that fight on Twitter. Um Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. I know you have to go. Everyone, you can find him on Jordan Matter and apparently the real Jordan Matter on, on, on TikTok. <laughs> I'm so sorry I used that example. <laughs> that was hysterical, the exact example. <laughs> the, worst, the worst part is I follow you. <laughs> I follow you. I should have thought. Um, guys, That's check funny. him out. I'm going to put up links. I'm going to take my foot out of my mouth. And uh, I'm going to put up some links to him. I follow him on TikTok. I follow him on YouTube. He is amazing. I'm Summer Helene. Thank We're you, on with my you. guest co-host, Bear Fiorda. And thank you to uh, Jordan Matter. We'll be right back, guys, after the break. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, 
philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, Bear Fiorda. I do want to give a quick shout-out to Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California. They usually do our giveaways. This week, they are not. Uh, we have a giveaway from Castlewood Cottages in Big Bear, and on that note, I'd like to bring Shannon on. Shannon, how are you doing? I am wonderful. Thank you. So, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, about myself, um, mm-hmm. my name is Shannon Johnland. I am the queen, um, pardon me, my phone is being stupid. I am the, I am so sorry, I have an alarm that decided to go off. Don't worry about it. I've got my earphones on backwards after I ran back from the bathroom and one slipper on my foot because I'm recording at home. <laughs> so we'll so you're in over. better shape than I am. <laughs> So my name is Shannon Shonland. I am the fairy queen of Castlewood Cottages, which mm-hmm. is the best kept secret in Big Bear Lake. It's amazing. It is absolutely one of my favorite <laughs> places to go. I have to tell you, uh, Bear Fiorda, uh, my my guest co-host, uh, my co-host here, guest co-host, get, oh shush, <laughs> uh, my co-host here actually shot when we were up there. He's got. Uh, you know, his TikTok followers were looking it up and everyone wanted to know where it was because we were kind of running around and having a peek. It's the most amazing place uh, I think I think I've ever gone and hidden. And, and it's where I like to go hide. <laughs> that is our specialty. Nice it's the perfect place to hide out. It is. It's amazing. Now, <laughs> how, how did – you've got all of these rooms. You've got the medieval room. You've got the enchanted rooms. You've got, you know, the Maid Marian's room. You've got all of these amazing places. By the way, guys, I do want to say um, Shannon is giving away a stay at Castlewood Cottages. It's two nights in the uh, Robin Hood and Maid Marian or the native forest cottages. I'm going to put up some photos of this place. You got to see it. Or you can use the credit towards another cottage if you want. It's valid until the end of June, uh, not Memorial Day weekend. 
But I'm going to, at the end of this interview, ask some questions about what she said about Castlewood Cottages. And the first person to answer completely incorrectly will win. So I've got to I ask love you, it a quiz. <laughs> I, I like quiz. I'm like, if you do the homework, you can, make, you can win the prize. If you don't do the homework... I've, I've like turned into the teacher. Um, what's perfect. your favorite? What's your favorite room there? Oh, uh, you might as well ask me what my favorite child is. Um, <laughs> traditionally, my answer to that question would be either the castle garden or the enchanted forest, um, because they were tied for you know first place in my heart. Um, currently, my absolute favorite is the brand new haunted manor that just opened on Halloween. I want to see that. I haven't seen That's the only one. I've been nosy and stuck my room in like in, in like 90% of them. I haven't had a chance to see that one. I like the treehouse one. That was really cool. Um, how, what's the, Now, tell me about the haunted one. That sounds interesting. I really want to see that. So the haunted manor was very much so a missing piece of our um, adult magical kingdom here. I won't say the trademark name. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was very much the missing piece. And it took just shy of three years. It was a labor of love. Um, and it is just it's stunning, if I do say so myself. We were incredibly fortunate to have um, Sean Strider, who is the genius behind the Labyrinth of Jareth Masquerade. Um, he that is and my his favorite. Team, I love that Masquerade Bowl. Love that Masquerade Bowl. Yeah. And so um, he and his team really helped with the final push and a lot of the special effects that we have going on. It is, um, the intention is that it is a place between places in a time between times. So um, the theme for it would really be as above, so below, completely decked out in top of the line finishes. It's got marble and granite and these gorgeous fixtures that, you know, you really won't see out of anything under a million dollars. So it's just, gorgeous and I'm madly in love with it now I'm going to have to come stick my nose in and see it it sounds so exciting it sounds amazing it it really I'm I'm very proud well you live in the best way I can describe this is this place is an adult fantasy land I think magical kingdom was the perfect way to put it you could definitely pick Mm -hmm. out certain films could exist in certain places in certain rooms Um, what how, how do you keep such I, I'm trying to find, say it I'm trying to figure out how to say this but you keep such a magical environment for everyone Every your, your people there are upbeat the places are gorgeous um, especially when it's all snowed in and cold and you've got you know firewood you've got fires burning in the fireplace and all of a sudden you're in this enchanted kingdom how do you leave like I, I would live there how do you move leave in. how do you leave like okay, I have actually questions <laughs> You have to, I, I you have to find the motivation in. to go home at the end of the um, day. Yeah. Like, well, how, you know, it's even before this, you know, we've, we've all been through so much, but even before all of this happened, life really is, is kind of challenging. Modern life can be very challenging. And so our goal here is to literally remove you from your everyday environment, your everyday experiences, and provide a place for couples because we are adults only. Um, so it's a place for couples or singles. You can come with friends. That works too. Um, to just kind of 
live their fairy tale, to take themselves and transport themselves into their fantasies. And the environment is kind of step one to that. Um, you also have costumes and, in the uh, rooms. We are a part of it as well. You also have costumes in the rooms, which I found amazing. Yes, when I walked in, you had these costumes. Yeah. So you could yeah, fully immerse um, we yourself. We provide costuming. The costuming is now available in our gift boutique that we just opened in November. Um, so most, our primary costumer is this amazing designer, Tickle by Fantasy, that you, it, the clothing as well is just the most amazing quality. It's all one of a kind. And that's kind of part of the transportive experience. We also, all of the rooms have those, these giant tubs that we jokingly yeah. say can fit at least two humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like, oh, hey, let's take a bubble bath. You're in the middle of your cottage with your, you know, tub being fed by a rock waterfall with fairy lights all around you. It's really meant to be completely immersive. It really is incredible. We have about three (laughs) minutes left. Can you tell us the name of the boutique so everyone can go there? Um, So it's the Castlewood Cottages Unique Boutique. It's on the corner next to our property. The property, of course, is Castlewood Cottages, and following on your prior conversation, that is our handle pretty much on all the social medias. Um, we're all over the place. Now, I'm going to say, how do you get inspired for these rooms? What made you decide? You said uh, the haunted mansion, the, the haunted um, room was the, the missing piece there. How do you find inspirations for these rooms? I know we only have two minutes left. I'm hurrying. I just, I love Castlewood. Well, I love it up there. Castlewood, Castlewood in general was, in, was inspired by the Magic Kingdom originally. The inspiration for the Haunted Manor specifically, it was very heavily influenced by um, Anne Rice's interview with Vampire. Um, so it is kind of a mini plantation house. Um, so I, I lovingly call it the love child of Interview with a Vampire and Phantom of the Opera. You know you're going to have about 85,000 Twilight fans that are going to show up looking for a vampire now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, it is BYOV. <laughs> Bring your own vampire. Ah, we don't provide perfect. that. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> for the giveaway, if you can tell me the name of the boutique and the kind of stuff they do, write me on social media. I know you can cheat by going and looking at her boutique, but tell me kind of what specialty items, what your favorite specialty item is there, and you can win the giveaway. So I need to know the name of the boutique and the thing you like best in it. Thank you so much for joining us. We have about one minute left. I'm gonna tell everyone to go check out Castlewood Cottages. Thank you for coming on, and thank you so much for giving this to the listeners. I think for them, if, especially right now with the stressfulest things is, uh, things are, it's really wonderful to do that because that really does give someone a chance to get away. Perfect. Thank you so much, Summer. Thank you for coming on. Guys, I'm Summer Helene. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, I, and thank you, Shannon, for setting up this, this giveaway just so someone can escape. It's been a rough year. It will be wonderful for someone. Thank you, of course, to my uh, co-host, Bear Fjorda. You can find him on all social media at Bear Fjorda. He's usually punching someone. I'm Summer Helene. This was Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks.
Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week. Oh, 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 o